This force, this thing that lived inside of him came from a source too violent, too deadly for you to imagine. It, it grew inside him, contaminating his soul. It was pure evil. Hello. Welcome right. to uh, Off the Seaton Path. Uh, it's been a little while. A little bit. It feels like we kind of always start them off this way. It's yeah. been a little while. It's been a while. Um, hi, I'm Seaton. Uh, the other voice you hear, Brendan. I'm Brendan Pike. Brendan Pike. Yeah. Um, we hadn't done one of these in a while, although. So we'll just start off here. Okay. We're putting together a lot of plans for Off the Seaton Path 2020, as we're calling it. It's not 2.0. It's 2020. 20.0. 20.20. 20. 20. Yeah. Um, and we're going to, I think the plan is right now, I think we're going to do seasons of the show. I like that. I like that a lot. We put together a list of cities that we want to hit next year. Uh, and that's sort of uh, the plan for now. We're trying to find uh, somebody to give us some dough to do it because it costs a little bit of money to shoot these things, especially if you try and do them the right way. Um, but a lot of awesome cities are on that list that I'm really excited to. Some we've been to before, some that would be brand new. Right. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a quick update on that. We'll keep doing the podcast probably more regularly than this one. Um, but in terms of a video series, I think that we've got kind of a season lined up that would really take us through the whole year. That would be pretty sweet. It's actually, we're doing this like professionals it turns out this yeah. time around it was good you it was like maybe like two weeks ago you texted me at like 10 o'clock at night and you're just like i got it i got it <laughs> and then i i, I always pre- i assume like a an 10 or 11 o'clock text message from you at night is usually a an epiphany of sorts oh yeah or it's about a horror movie that you just watched or something to that effect. Correct. So Brendan around here is sort of the resident film buff. He's the filmmaker of the crew. Um, so everybody here usually just talks to him about movies. Probably 90% of the conversations you have around the office here are about movies. Yeah, and in defense of movies, in usually. De- yeah. Yeah. That could be the name of your spinoff podcast, In Defense of Movies. Defense of film. Yeah, in defense of film, thank you. Um, so you actually had a really great idea, uh, like you just alluded to. I love horror movies. Yeah. I watch most of the movies that I watch are horror movies. Um, and I just, I like the thrill. I like to be scared. And uh, you said, hey, dude, why don't we get the podcast band back together and we could talk, we could do a couple episodes just talking Halloween movies to lead up to Halloween, which is by far the best holiday in the calendar year. Hands down. For my, my money. Same, same. It's really actually kind of the only one that I... Well, not the only one that I like, but it's the one I get into the most, for sure. Totally. Um, So, I think if we're going to talk Halloween movies, it's only fair and right to start with the Halloween franchise, correct? John Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, And I'll be honest with you, I watched that movie as a kid, and it scared the living shit out of me. Yeah. And stuck with me for years. Where I would go down in the basement. Maybe I watched it a little too young. I'm not really sure. Or maybe I'm just, I don't know, it's a scary movie, whatever. But uh, I would see that face when you went downstairs in the basement and you looked like you could see it out of the corner of your eye. I had it like that. Or I would be walking up the stairs out of my basement and be like, oh, I could feel someone. He's right there. He's right there. He's right there. That was the, that, that, it's absolutely classic because they have so many shots in the movie 
where he's in, you see that face in the shadows. And it almost, the camera almost works as if it's like seeing it out of the corner of your eye. So like when you're go downstairs, it still happens to me sometimes. Like I'll be in my apartment at night and I won't turn the lights on. I'll go get a glass of water and I'll just feel like something's right behind me. Yeah. And I'll just run back to bed really, really fast. Oh, what happened? I know. It's, it's weird uh, being a parent now because I'm trying to convince my son that there's nothing scary in the house. Like, buddy, this is the safest place in the world for you. Okay. Everyone here loves you. No one here is going to hurt you. There's no one in the house. Don't worry about it. But then as soon as him and my wife are gone, I'm like, oh, this is kind of creepy. Kind of spooky. <laughs> this is kind of a creepy place, actually. Um, yeah, that movie just, oh, my God. Something about that face. You know what it is, too, about Halloween? And it, I, horror movies that still truly scare me are about random acts of violence. Mm. That really, where there's no actual real rhyme or reason to it. Somebody's just crazy, or they just felt like killing you. Yeah. That's, sorry, we just felt like that movie, The Strangers. You're, I was going to say, you got to be a big Strangers fan. Uh, a big fan in that I hated it, and I wish I never <laughs> saw it. Yes, because yeah. it scared the shit out of it. So this one's going to be not safe for work. P- apologies, I've yep. scared twice already. Um, it just scared the crap out of me. Uh, and because there's just no rhyme or reason to it. And part of what was so scary about the movie is that you spent the first, I don't know, 45 minutes, hour, whatever it was, and those people had no idea that they were even being watched. Oh, yeah. And they were having such a relatable situation, too. Like right. you're just arguing. You're just so, in a fight, and you're just, like, distracted yeah. by the fight. And, like, we've you've, everybody's been there. Right, it's like, just like there's sort of it's this couple, and they go to uh, a, a, a like lake cabin kind of thing where all horror movies take place, uh, and they're basically they're figuring out if they're going to continue their relationship because they're having troubles, and they're like, I don't know, is this working or not? So they go to this cabin to f- try to figure life out for themselves, and they're all wrapped up in that, like you were just saying, and then uh, there's a knock on the door. <laughs> And then, like, you know, it just goes on from there, and it's terrifying. That movie stuck with me as a grown adult. I was in my 30s when I watched that movie, and I would get up for work, and it would be dark out, and I would, like, be in my garage and turn the lights on in my car and be like, oh, there they are. That's awesome. That kind of thing. It just scared the crap out of me. Yeah, that was a good one. My uh, my buddies and I one time uh, decided to watch it in a parking lot in the back of, like, my buddy's truck three of us just decided to watch it that was one of the scariest things i've ever done oh yeah 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 uh-huh. it's terrifying but, no that's great and it, but it, it all those movies like took so much from halloween not in a bad way like they'll pay homage to it but like sure halloween was definitely like a trend setter in terms of like that like there's just a there's something about masks that is just terrifying and it's just an expressionless mask, too. Right. It's supposedly a William Shatner mask. Right. It does not look anything like William it's Shatner. Nothing like William but, Shatner. But um, it was just a great choice, and it was just such a, such an iconic film. The first time I watched it, I was probably in, like, fifth grade, and it, it just scared the crap out of me, but it also is a movie that made me fall in love with horror movies, mm. where I'm just consumed. I watched all, all of the Halloween movies, even the... Just so there's gets. 11 of them now, There's 11, right? yeah. There's 11 Halloween movies, which is actually something interesting about Halloween in that the success of the series, uh, just the fact that it could make 11 movies. Now, granted, some of them are terrible. Some of them are, oh, yeah. are not good. Um, but just the fact that they could get 11 movies out of this one thing, you could argue maybe they shouldn't have done 11 movies, but 
I'm happy to watch somebody try to figure this out again. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, initially, John Carpenter only wanted to... He did the first one and the second one, and the second one's a follow-up, straight follow-up with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And then the third one, he wanted to create... Halloween is sort of like an anthology-style film. They did Season of the Witch. was a completely different right. plot, and mm-hmm. people hated it. It's kind of a bad movie, but it's it's okay. But it, people despised it, and then they did Halloween 4, and they were back to Michael Myers. It's kind of a bad movie, but it's kind of uh, one of the better ones, yeah. too. Because it's unique. Season of the Witch is great. It's about, like, kids put on Halloween masks, and when the song plays... yeah their head turns into whatever the mask was that they put on. It's a kind of a cool sci-fi horror film. Right. You know, and and pretty terrifying, too, because I think right at that time period, parents were having, there was, like, some fear around Halloween with kids Mm -hmm. in general, like the whole razor blades and candy apples and stuff. And so it, they were definitely trying to do it. Had it not just been attached to, like, such an, what became such an iconic guy, I think it probably would have been a little more well-received. Or if they didn't try to say Halloween, they just did Season of the Witch or something like that. They just but, called the movie Season of the Witch. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the well, But see, that's another part of what made the movie so scary to me is that it's somebody, it's this absolute psycho killer for what seems like no rhyme or reason other than he just wants to kill his family. Yeah. Um, which is scary. Enough. I mean, it opens with him as a little kid. And right. you, there's no motivation he's not you know his dad's not abusive or anything he's just this little kid who comes home and kills his family right and he's just got it ends with this little kid like with a knife and they take off the mask and he's just got this <laughs> dead look in his eyes he's in this like little clown costume oh my god and it's uh and then it's it and then it just jumps to like he's got a little baby sister that he doesn't kill and yeah. then that's that's uh Laurie Strode it, uh, but just the idea that it's somebody, this psycho killer, walking around on Halloween when everybody is in costumes, and you're like, which one is it? I don't right. know. We know. But then yeah. when you see the streets lined with adults and kids trick-or-treating and everyone's skipping and running around and happy, and then you can just pick, oh, out of this 150 people, that guy's the killer. Right. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. Such a good guy. Co- oh, so good. It really is. And you know what? It is. I, I, it was an independent film. Right, it's. I wonder if this is one of the most successful independent franchises uh, in history. It's possible. I mean, I, I wonder how much, how much the first one cost. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, the budget was three hundred thousand, which even at that time, nineteen seventy-eight. So it's probably made in seventy-seven. I yeah, guess, right? probably. That that that's not a lot of money. And in like in the seventies, they were tossing so much at at movies in general, um, and it, this kind of defined the slasher franchise in general. Right. Which spawned off Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. This was the the staple. So but, this is, it's sort of a game changer. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess I'll geek out for a moment. Uh, I got to see, I was working on a film, and the cinematographer of that movie was Dean Cundy, okay. who was the cinematographer of Halloween. And so on Halloween, while we were filming... They did a special screening at the hotel of the movie, and he did a live commentary as we were watching it, which was really, really cool, and I learned a ton of stuff about, you know, this was the the, the, the two things that were stood out to me were, one, it was one of the earliest uses of the Steadicam or the Panaglide, um, which allowed you to have that camera movement 
it's like obviously like everybody knows it now like as you said like sports um, everybody uses the Steadicam. Oh, right. Steadicam has been really big in, in sports uh, broadcasting, for sure. The way that you watch a football game now or really any any sporting event, uh, it's really changed the way that that's looked, for sure. Right, and so for this movie, it worked so well because it created this sort of voyeuristic feel as you mm-hmm. moved through the house, whether it was the POV of Michael or the POV, just like an audience member, as you, you felt like you were there, just because the movement was less static than like a dolly there was a little bit of motion to it that you just felt like oh this is me walking through the house it just yeah it, it, it could you take in. you like through the door and up the stairs in like one smooth motion basically right yeah sort of what you're saying rather than a dolly is something that uh it's like on tracks correct yeah right yep um so that that it, and the steady cam was the guy who did halloween invented that uh, he helped. He was one of the... They, they, they were fine-tuning the technology yeah. as he was... And they used this film as a, a representation of what it could be. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was that was awesome. And then... Well, the other thing, too, that I think you had mentioned earlier, we had a quick chat about this before we started recording, uh, was sort of the implied violence of the movie. Right, because it's not an overly gory film. At least the first... The first... The first one isn't, right? No. And so you, most of the violence happens off screen, and you see the aftermath of it. Right. And then, but, you know, uh, we we talk about this a lot, that you, you walk away from a film sometimes when they haven't shown you the violence, but you see the before and you see the after, mm. and your brain fills in the gap, which is kind of the scary thing. It's just like, like oh, my God, wasn't that crazy when you got stabbed like 12 times? It was like so gross, and it's just like, but you didn't see it. But in your head, you see it. Which yeah. is like kind of puts the onus on you, like, oh man, am I messed up? Like, why do I? Why did I why remember did I all of this picture that gore if, and violence and stuff that really wasn't there? Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, one of the things that I think makes Halloween one and two so great too is that they, like you were saying before, it's a it's an ex, uh, continuation of the the first one. Two is a continuation of the first one, and it feels like they basically made one long movie that they cut into two mm-hmm. for me. Right. You know, which is really that, if you like the first one, you it, it makes it a lot easier to judge the second one less harshly when it feels like it's still the same movie. Yeah, and it does have a very continuous, they did a really good job picking up where it left off, mm-hmm. um, even though it was three years later that they shot it, right. but they, they just, it, it felt like you, you, they started right at the end. She's going, she's in the hospital, his body disappeared. He's coming to get her. Yeah. Um, it's great. <laughs> so Halloween, the latest one, right, the, in 2018? Yes. So that was David Gordon Green? That one sort of, well, there's been a couple, right? So you have uh, Halloween H2O actually was before that. That's still <laughs> uh, that's still Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Yeah. Going through life, right? right? Uh, that one, I watched that one recently, actually. Buster Rhymes. It's yeah, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or no, uh, LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Wait a minute. Yes, LL Cool J is in that one. He right, plays the security right, right, guard. Right, right. Buster Rhymes is in Scream. Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. he might be in Scream. Um, you have you have LL Cool J in that one. Uh, that one was all right. That's kind of when that because you can kind of call that. That's all one strip of the Halloween. Yeah, basically from like Halloween one all the way to H two O is sort of its own batch. 
And H2O was just like, wow, this is bad. What did we do? So H2O, uh, the one thing I Josh could... Josh Hartnett's in that, too. Josh Hartnett's <laughs> in that, with, in, with classic Josh, Josh Hartnett hair. Yeah. Where it's like bangs in the front, but spiked in the back somehow. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like, man, that's so interesting. What's up with that hair, dude? Uh, the thing I didn't really get about it is that, like, this woman has obviously been severely traumatized her entire <laughs> life. Basically. And people in the movie were like, kind of gave her like a, would you get over it? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. You got to move on with your life, ma. Move on. And you're like, no. What do you mean, move on, kid? Why don't you shut up? Oh, I'm sorry. Buster Rhymes is in Halloween Resurrection. Oh, right. Re- oh, okay. All right. Halloween Resurrection. I don't know if I've seen that one. Uh, you're not missing much. Um, that that was the last one. Halloween. It says... Uh, J, uh, Halloween Resurrection, this thing I'm looking at right now, is a suspense-free disaster that wastes Jamie Lee Curtis in a disrespectful cameo before introducing Busta Rhymes as a karate-kicking web producer. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, too, because that one came out in 2002, which I bet the internet of 2002 in no way resembles the internet of modern times. So no. I bet that movie is super dated. And But that's that's one of the best things about these movies is like going back and watching how bad they are. Yeah. Um, which yeah, you either have really good like Halloween 1, Halloween 2 mm-hmm. and then you just get into like absolute schlock where like he's like an unkillable monster. And then that's, that's when after that one that's when they jumped into... Uh, Rob Zombies. All right, so the Rob Zombie ones deserve their own category. Right, they're this, in their own box. This is their, They're in their own box. Right. Uh, are you a thumbs-upper or a thumbs-downer? I'm fine with them. I'm a thumbs-medium. They're, they're a little too, uh, like, WWE slam for me. Okay. You know what I mean? It's a little too... I want to say, like, it, it's... It's just very Rob Zombie. Okay, so maybe the real question is, do you like Rob Zombie as a filmmaker? I love The Devil's Rejects. Yes. That movie's great. I think House of a Thousand Corpses is a really bad movie. So bad it's good? Howdy, folks. You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? Well, then come on down to Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Mad Men. <laughs> yeah, see the alligator boy. Ride my famous murder ride. Most of all, don't forget to take home some of my tasty fried chicken. Ha ha! It just tastes so damn good. I guess, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I like Rob Zombie and the sort of hoax. His flair for that that he brings, I think, is really entertaining. Mm-hmm. I really like him. as I like his movies. And I'm okay with these ones, too. Because I think that he, the Halloween, his section of the Halloween one. Because he, I think he did some really creepy things with, like, the, uh, when Michael Myers as a kid. Mm-hmm. That was really good. That was yeah. scary as hell. And you're like, damn, this kid is screwed up. I'm trying yeah. not to curse now. Yeah. This kid is so effed up, man. This is like, he's just got this violent rage and you don't even really know where, like, where is this all coming from or whatever, just you know? Looks, just like a messed up little kid. Yeah, yeah, and that is so scary. So I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But then you go, because the the franchise is so iconic and the Michael Myers characters, you start, start to retread some things that it's like, okay, this is your spin on it. That's fun. We know what happens. Yeah. And that took a little bit away from those movies for me, but I still found them enjoyable. Yeah. You know? Totally. Totally. I, I, I like them. They're fine. 
I can I definitely enjoy them just because it's it's such a fun character anyways and yeah. like you said just like getting a retelling with somebody else's spin on it mm-hmm. is a lot of fun um and so yeah no I mean I would have liked it a little more Devil's Rejects I guess okay because Devil's Rejects to me goes into line with what you said it's just they're so grounded to a point where you're just like oh these are just three insane people that are just murdering people right for and no reason you're like oh I could see this like being the hotel in some, scene some backwoods kind of thing or something like where you're like ooh dear yeah where you'll see you'll be you know mis- you know you'll prejudge a situation like well, I was getting <laughs> gas in you know middle of nowhere North Carolina yeah and I was I just didn't feel super comfortable like right. And, like, that was kind of that vibe of that movie to me. It was just, like, there's this side of you where you don't know where you are, and it's just a little different that you're just like, that guy could just come up and kill me. I once went to, uh, I found myself, I was driving to Lake Tahoe. I landed in uh, Reno, Nevada, and then had to drive, I think we landed in Reno, and then had to drive from Reno to Lake Tahoe, and we are going to go snowboarding, me and my buddy Adam. Mm-hmm. And we got somewhere around Carson City, Nevada. We got lost and we stopped and asked for directions. And the guy was like, Oh, yeah, you just go down here a little ways and then make a left. Then you go over here, make a right or something like that. And then you'll find the highway. So we're like, All right, cool. Thanks a lot, man. It's like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, middle of nowhere, Nevada was what it felt like to me. Yeah. And we're driving because you can't see anything and it's dark and whatever. And uh, at some point, one of us turned to the other and was like, hey, man, what if that guy just gave us directions to some crazy place out in the middle of nowhere and they were just going to kill us? Yeah. And it's just like silence. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. This is awful. What if that really did happen? Yeah. It it just because you never know. You watch enough of these horror movies and you're like, damn, I bet this kind of stuff happens. We were uh, we were my we were at my brother's. They were my brother's having a uh, uh, baby shower. Yeah. And so, or I guess his wife was having a baby shower. And so him and my dad and I, we went to a park nearby while they're doing all the shower stuff just to have a couple beers and, like, hang out. And it was actually Devil's Hop Yard. You know Devil's Hop Yard? It's in Mm -hmm. Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were there, and there was this SUV pulled up, parked. Guy just sat there, just watching us, maybe 100 yards away, just watching us. Got out of the car, walked up past us, and just into the woods. Like, not a path, not a trail, just into the woods. And Why? all three of us are just looking at each other. We're like, okay, so that's like some Zodiac Killer Why kind of situation. Uh, and we we just left because, I don't know, it's not... I don't want to end up on the news. Yeah, you're like, I just came here to look at it like a nice waterfall and go for a hike. Yeah. Uh, What's What's that all about? (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's funny because Connecticut does have a couple places like Devil's Hop Yard is one. There's another one by me called like Satan's Kingdom or something like Mm -hmm. that. And it's a state park. Yeah. What the hell? Why are you calling this? Yeah, why is it like Devil is in Satan and all this stuff? There's like this long, dark road in uh, like, I think it's Rockville, Connecticut, maybe. And it's called Beezlebub. Which is like another name for the devil. It's like, why would you call this dark, lonely, wooded road <laughs> <Yeah>. the devil? <laughs> like, what is that all about? But, uh... Um, you know what, actually, Halloween did, too? That was... Halloween has uh, a, a pretty iconic theme song. 
Mm-hmm. That has obviously been something through movies. I, you know, Halloween didn't invent that or right. anything. Right. Um, but it's got a pretty, you can't think of, it's probably the first thing people go to when they think Halloween. Oh, yeah. Just as the holiday. Mm-hmm. Just in your head. You go, doo, 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 doo. Uh, and John Carpenter scored it, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty baller. That's awesome. He's done well. He's uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. Is that the best theme song for a scary movie because exorcist is pretty good exorcist exorcist there's some every time i'm like this time of year i'll play tubular bells Mm. the exorcist theme as i'm driving back into the city and uh it just it just gives me the chills and it gets me so excited for the season like it's a little chilly out i've got the window down i just look over and i'm like they could be possessed she could be possessed he could be because it I think I don't know. It's definitely to me. It's between The Exorcist and Halloween. Because there's just something about the way filmmakers use music that you know, it, without it, the uh, heightened suspense or something like that, it's just not there. There's times in Halloween, you know, the main theme is the most famous one, but there's other songs in that movie that you're like, oh, somebody's getting killed for sure. Yeah. So you know what's happening um, right now? People dumb. are dying yeah. for sure. Totally. Uh, and actually, when you look at the, uh, if you go on Spotify or something like that, and you look at the soundtrack for that movie, some of them will be called like uh, like Halloween main theme, obviously, right? And then uh, it'll be like Michael's house, and then it'll be like Michael killing Lori is the name <laughs> of the song, <laughs> or whatever. You're yeah. like, oh my god, yeah. that's great. Yeah, um, what's his name? Jordan Peele is a huge fan of uh, music horror music which he he attributed when he right after he made us he was talking in an interview about how to him nightmare on elm street is the most iconic which is a super interesting one but jordan peele was talking about nightmare on elm street being the main influence for his horror soundtrack for us which is great yeah um he did such a good job with music because he also took that uh i've got five on it song Mm-hmm. And and added like a horror track yeah. beneath it too. That's just awesome. He did such a good job. He did. I wonder if we should do. So we started off with Halloween because that's probably my favorite. Um, but we should do a Nightmare on Elm Street. We should do a Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do another episode on sort of more modern horror movies like uh, Us. Yeah, like gotta um, talk Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, too. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's we gotta my talk all time. Oh, yeah, we that's should do the that. One that changed my life. <laughs> that was that was the one that I remember my older brother being like, "You don't watch this movie. You don't watch it. You shouldn't." And of yeah. course, you're like, "Ah, oh, okay, see. I gotta watch it right away." Horrifying. What a oh, that was a yeah. scary ass movie. Daytime scary too. Which that's that movie. Yeah, to, to be scared in the daytime in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's. That's the thing. Well, I, to go back to the strangers, um, I I was in the middle of the. I was hungover. This is. Mm-hmm. I, I was married, but didn't have my son yet. Uh, and my wife and I were hungover. We used to get after a little bit when we were basically, uh, you know, responsibility free. Yeah, what it felt like. And so we we're like just hanging out on the couch one day, hungover, and decided to put that movie on. And it's the middle of the daytime it's like one in the afternoon two in the afternoon and about 15 minutes in we sort of looked at each other and one of us said i think we just made a big mistake (laughs) we shouldn't be watching this movie because it's going to stick with us and of course we went through the whole thing naturally uh texas chainsaw massacre 
I I watched Texas. It was funny. <laughs> you can't see it, but we I said Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and we both just like opened our mouths and shook our heads. Like, yeah. Oh my god, that's a good movie. Yeah, I watched that at sunset a year ago, and by myself in my apartment, and about like 20 minutes in, I was just like, just started getting the chills. I yeah. was just like, oh my god, like this is, this is why these movies are so good. Yeah. Uh, McLovin always asks, like, he's like, why do people like horror movies? Yeah, do, he asks like, me that all the time. It's like, they're just, it's such a cool feeling. feeling. Like, the fact that, like, something, like, a film can make you feel this way is yeah. exciting. And that's cool. You're experiencing something and you're having an emotion that you normally don't get to have. Or if you do have, it's not in a safe space. If you have it outside of watching a movie, it's not a a great feeling. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Right. But if you're if you're in your safe house and you just get spooked, it's fun. Yeah. You know what movie I thought did great with music too? Um and more modern. Mm-hmm. Uh Suspir- Suspiria. Suspiria. That's La- uh, uh what do they call them? Lady Suspiria, Mother Suspiria. There was like the there was like the three Right, right, right. Suspiria uh Suspiria, right? Suspiria is the movie. Yeah, Suspiria. That was a creepy movie. Yeah, that was like, and I I dug it. I was super into it. I know people loved it or hated it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I thought it was awesome, and I was like, hell yeah, this is a scary movie. Yeah, I had some issues with it, but I liked it as a whole. Was that uh, did Tom York do Tom that? Tom York did the, the music. Too. Oh my god, man, the music was so good, so good. Oh man, yeah. that's it. Yeah, if you want to watch a movie that will make you wildly uncomfortable, that's up there too. It sure it's is a different type of like terror. It's like a, it's like more of like a stomach churning. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh my god, why are they doing this? Right. Why are they doing this? Who came up with this? Yeah, kind of a nod to uh, Rosemary's Baby. Yep. There, which is pretty cool. And it's um, a remake of uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Who's uh, Asia Argento. Argento's, yeah. I don't She's know. She's great. Um, all right, well, I think that... That's good. That's a good start. I think this is fun. I think we should do another one. Hopefully, uh, people listening think we should do another one because we're mm-hmm. gonna do it regardless. Yeah. Um, but hit us up on uh, social media, Twitter, whatever. I'm at hi. My name is Seaton. Brendan, you're at Tweed Dreams. At Tweed Dreams um, with any thoughts or recommendations for movies or episodes that we should do because we have the full month of October. Yeah. So we could just keep banging these things out. I'm all about it, and it gives me my quote unquote research when I'm not you know working watching sports. Uh, now I'm working, quote unquote, watching more horror movies, which exactly. just sounds perfect to me. I'm actually going to give you my list of my 10 favorite. Oh, I could come up with one. You come up with one? Yeah. And then I'll come up with one and uh, we can swap and then we can talk about them. I'm down for sure. And then we'll we'll post it. Yeah. All right. I love it, man. Uh, cool. Off the seat path. We're back and better than ever. Back, baby. <laughs> it was... Pure evil.